big question is this, how do we use the eight frameworks inside the new science of physical health to overcome this statement? Personal responsibility for your physical health is a myth and it doesn't work. These eight frameworks do. They will make you more physically healthy than 98% of people in the community that you live in. Why don't we get started in today's episode right now? Time for Pick a Box with Australia's favourite compare, Bob Dyer. <laughs> Hello, Barry. How are you? Now, uh, you bring us up to date on Barry, uh, not everything. <laughs> well, Bob, Barry returns to Sydney after picking 22 boxes valued at over £4,000. Yes, that's a lot of loot, I'm telling you. Thank you very much, Dal. Thank you so much. And uh, Barry, all I have to say to you is that you've made a nervous wreck out of me, but I love it. Oh, we're both nervous wrecks. Though. All right. Well, Barry, you look like you might wade right through. You, you, no, you This is what you have already wanted. Yes. A clean box of Schlesinger Sporting Equipment, Appendix Automatic Home Laundry, a complete Anthony Squires wardrobe. You're wearing it. A treasure trove of jewelry fashioned by the House of Hawk. Three-inch television receiver, Ferndale Tuscan English bone china and rod brocade cutlery, a Kirby refrigerated cocktail cabinet, a Trosley Chauvinor Tri-Line refrigerator freezer, an automatic Dishmaster dishwashing machine. Oh, boy, look at this, an American holiday for two aboard Matsonline's Mariposa on Monterey. Is it going to be the honeymoon? We'll check that. You want a set of Encyclopedia Britannica? box, including the one that we had all the trouble about last week. We proved they're still a wonderful reference library, yes, right? Yes, they certainly are. Welcome back, everybody, to the show, The Daily Drop, The New Science of Physical Health, and that was a live clip from somewhere around 1965 or 1966 with the host. Very unusual to have an American host, Bob Dyer, on Australian television way back in the 1960s because we did not have a lot of people who had uh, migrated from America to Australia at that stage, let alone be on television. In fact, in all my years of growing up, uh, uh, I can't. Bob Dyer had finished his television run on Australia by the time I was five years old, and uh, we only had one other person, a uh, an American called Don Lane, who was an a uh, I guess a um, a late night show, a late night talk show entertainment type host. Very good. He was excellent as well. So that was Bob Dyer talking to the person I mentioned in yesterday's episode, Barry Jones, who was the uh, the most winning person in Australian game show history, who later came on to be a politician, a federal politician here in Australia. And I thought that he'd actually passed away, but I was mistaken. I looked it up. He's 88 years old. He just last year had a brand new book out. And the guy is, he is a genius of a man. Like I said, he won the most ever on that show. Pick a box. So this is today's follow-up episode. I said to you yesterday, I didn't answer the question. I asked you, which box would you choose? The question was, what do you think is the number one contributor to the leading cause of sickness and death? And we know that the leading cause of sickness and death is cardiovascular disease. That's what takes the lives of the most people around the world by far. In your country, if you went on to wherever you're listening from, you went on to Google and looked it up, cardiovascular disease will be number one in your country. I don't even have to look it up to find out whether it's Finland or whether it's uh, Russia or whether it's France or Spain or Italy or Mexico. 
It's all the same. There is a reason for that, and, and I'm not going to go into that why that happens, but there were six boxes on the screen. And the question from yesterday was, which box did you pick? And then the question after that, the follow-up question, the one's intermingled is, why did you pick that one? All right, let's go. Let's whip through this and follow up. Did you choose obesity? And did you choose obesity because you said that was the biggest contributor to cardiovascular events? Let's just call it heart attack and stroke, even though it's way more than just those two things. Is obesity the biggest, the uh, biggest, is that the box you chose? Or did you choose the box that is getting all of the media attention? Blood sugar, too much blood glucose sitting in the blood vessels. Did you do a little bit of reading from yesterday's episode? Did you look up why is blood sugar, high blood sugar cause type 2 diabetes? What's the problem with type 2 diabetes? Or did you look it up when you found uh, high blood pressure? Did you look that up and find out, wow, that causes serious degradation to the lining of the arteries and it makes your arteries more stiff and less flexible, even from a young age. So if you end up getting high blood pressure, it causes microscopic tears in the lining of the artery wall, allowing calcium deposits to get in, which can cause a atherosclerotic or cardiovascular event, atherosclerosis, later on. So it all leads down. They say that all roads lead to Rome. Well, in this instance, all roads do lead to one thing. And all of these things and the smoke, or did you look at high blood cholesterol, and particularly LDL, the big, heavy, dense cholesterol? And did you do some reading about it and go, well, I'm picking that box because blood sugar, high blood sugar seems to be the thing. That's the one that's causing the problems. Insulin is not being is not utilizing the glucose properly. And so that must be the one that's causing the most, is the leading contributor. Well, if you chose all those boxes that I've mentioned so far, You did not win that episode of the show Pick a Box because the box that you should have chosen was Active Heart Fitness Score. And and I did mention this yesterday, that the medical doctors have a different word for it. And I tried using this word on my students, and they just, year after year after, remember, I've been teaching for 32 years now. And year after year after year, when I first started using Cardiorespiratory Fitness Score, and that's the box, by the way, and I'm about to explain why it's the box. But when I started using it, I um, my students just couldn't get it. There were so many questions about what it meant. They had to be refreshed all the time. When I changed it to Active Heart Fitness Score, they got it. So what is that? It's a number that is essentially a number out of 100, and it's your it's measured in milliliters per kilogram per minute. That's the unit of measurement, and it's the ability of capacity of your body to transport oxygen from, as you breathe it in, comes into your lungs, goes to your heart, and then goes out of your heart, and then it's called oxygen-rich blood. And the red blood cells attach to the oxygen molecules, and they start transporting it to the cells around the body, to your brain, to your arms, to your fingers, to your toes, to your leg muscles. And when you're in any type of planned or unplanned physical activity, the reason your heart rate goes up is because your heart and your blood vessels have an increased oxygen demand. In order to make muscles contract, it's a little, just a little bit of the science side of things, there's two filaments inside every muscle cell, an actosin and a myosin filament. In order to make your... So if you were um, walking fast to the bus stop, walking up a hill, 
walking up a set of stairs, um, trying to catch a train, uh, walking you know, uh, briskly somewhere, whatever physical activity you have to do, that every time you're using your muscles in order to make actosin and myosin filaments slide across each other in order for your muscle to extend and contract, extend and contract. Think about your legs walking. Think about your arms picking something up. Extend the muscle, contract the muscle. That's an actosin and myosin filament sliding across each other and oxygen molecules allow it to slide. When you don't have enough oxygen and you have a buildup of too much waste product, particularly lactic acid, you can't keep moving. So athletes are familiar with the ability to transport oxygen because they've got a different name for it. But that's for athletic performance. And I don't want to confuse it. We're talking about measuring this score, your active heart fitness scores, what doctors do, and exercise physiologists, as a score that essentially will say out of 100, but not to the point where you are getting a score that's going to be an athlete, to the point where it's going to create physical health. That's what your active heart fitness score is, and it creates physical health. Now the question becomes, this is the next big question, why does it create physical health? What is it about a person's active heart fitness score that creates a higher level of physical health and creates and then drives down your risk of a heart attack or a stroke or end-stage organ failure or any of those things? So the core principle inside the new science of physical health and inside this pick-a-box episode is this. If you raise your active heart fitness score and you do that by tracking your health impact points inside our software, because that tells you whether or not you're driving, instead of doing a test, this is such a well-designed piece of tech, instead of doing a test every 90 days, every 60 days, that's not good enough. You need to know is the excess physical activity you did today both planned and also potentially unplanned. Say you were gardening, say you were walking the dog, say that you had to run to the bus stop or you had to walk quickly through a shopping center, whatever it might be. Say you went down to the beach and you played at the beach. Whatever it might be, was there enough physical activity today that would grow your active heart fitness score over the next 90 days and contribute to that? And that's what our software tells you. That's what our health impact score tells you. It converts heart rate into a... So your heartbeats, personalized to you, into a health impact score. That score, it's been clinically proven, will then have a linear correlation to help the maximum health adapt... This is so important. The maximum health adaptations inside the human body. So if you picked obesity or if you picked high blood pressure or high blood sugar or any of those other things, it's not saying that they don't contribute. But it is saying this. If you chose to concentrate on just lowering your high blood pressure first and then worked on the other things after that, you would get a far lower level of health adaptations than if you concentrated on raising your active heart fitness score. Why is that? Here's how the human body works. Raising your active heart fitness score takes physical activity to a sufficient level or a correct dose 
which causes health adaptations to lower the risk of all those other things. And that's been clinically proven at the research level in peer-reviewed published papers in medical journals led by Professor Wisloff and his team in Norway and cross-validated in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, over 730,000 people in other parts of the world. Unbelievable. So to clarify, to crystallize this, picking the right box and not concentrating on obesity first, but concentrating on your active heart fitness score will create more health adaptations faster than if you tried to lower your weight first. So the goal should be for people that want to create physical health is to go after your active heart fitness score. What do I mean by creating health adaptations faster? I've got two major diagrams in my book. One is called the impact quadrant and one is called the molecular benefit map. I had a whole series of episodes on the molecular benefit map recently. I'm not going to go into it, but it's molecular changes inside the human body as a result of raising your active heart fitness score, achieving the correct health impact points, which is 100, on a rolling seven days. We've got a whole other episode on the software. Not going into that here either. Don't want to make it too complicated. But here's what it does. Raise the picking by picking that box. You will, so I'm not going to go into the molecular benefit map. Just go back and listen to those episodes because that's I, I talk about that, the life of... Uh, the language of life inside your body. So there's a series of episodes here called The Language of Life Inside Your Body. Go back and listen to those. They're very recent from this one. We're up to about 84, 85 here, and they're about maybe seven or eight episodes ago. So atherosclerosis, uh, anti-atherosclerosis, anti-arrhythmic, anti-thrombotic, anti-ischemic. That's the impact quadrant. Now, inside of each of those things, so I'll just take one, one particular part of the quadrant. Atherosclerosis is a condition where calcium deposits get into the artery wall, largely a lot, a lot of it has to do with high blood pressure, over years from 20 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 to, uh, 30 to 35, 35 to 40. And calcium deposits get in there. And they make the artery wall less flexible and potentially one of those calcium deposits can break off. It's what happened to my father. Float around the bloodstream. The body says that shouldn't be there. It clots, called a coronary occlusion, and you can pass away. That's what exactly what happened to my dad. First heart attack, just died. If you have the correct dose of physical activity and raise your active heart fitness score, you'll reduce the risk of atherosclerosis. You reduce inflammation. You reduce blood pressure. You improve your high-density lipoprotein to low-density lipoprotein ratio. There's a ratio between the two. You improve that, and that's what you want to do. You want more HDL and less LDL. Well, having a higher active heart fitness score has a dramatic impact on that. It improves your insulin resistance, meaning there's less insulin resistance, and it decreases adipose tissue. What's adipose tissue? Fat cells. That's what active heart fitness score does. In the area of, let's pick another one over here, ischemia. It's anti-ischemic. Raising your active heart fitness score is anti-ischemic. Ischemic means death of heart tissue. So it improves, lowers your need for oxygen demand. So raising your active heart fitness score um, lowers your need for oxygen demand. What does that mean? It means if two people my age, 55, 
and I have a half active half fitness score of say 46. And I'm always, my average this week, I just checked this before I got onto this episode, my average in the health software this week of health impact points, remember the goal is 100 per day on a rolling seven days. Well, my rolling seven-day average is 107, which means I've got the maximum health adaptations going on. Here's what would happen. You and I, let's say you or people you care about, but you and I, I've got an active heart fitness score of, say, 46, 55-year-old, and you have, you're 55 years of age, or if you're you know, whatever age you are, but let's just say you were the same age for me in this example, and your active heart fitness score is 36. When you and I both walk up a set of stairs, I have less need for oxygen because my body has more flexible arteries and a better transport system, and that lowers my risk of causing the death of heart tissue and and what we call ischemia. It improves endothelial dysfunction. We have a whole episode on that. That's the flexibility and the functioning of your arteries on the inside of the arteries. Okay, the skin of the artery is called endothelial tissue. It increases, raising your active heart fitness score increases the production of something called nitric oxide. There's a whole episode on what that does to Lower your risk of an ischemic event. It's anti-ischemic. If you have more nitric oxide released into the blood vessels, and it's a linear correlation of, and I've got doctors on audio, I've interviewed, world-leading cardiologists have told me that, that there is a linear correlation that more nitric oxide gets into the bloodstream, which is the exact goal that you want to have. If you're currently not, hitting the correct dose of physical activity, then you've got less nitric oxide than me. If you're below 100 health impact points in the software, you've got less nitric oxide than me. So that's just touching on the impact quadrant. And as I said, we've already touched on, gone into some depth on the molecular benefit map in that series, the language of life inside your body. So I want to have a reasonably short episode today. Say that's why you need to pick that box. And... What does that mean then? If you get all those things happening that I just went through in the impact quadrant, anti-ischemic, anti-arrhythmia, anti-thrombotic, anti-atherosclerosis, if you get that happening, that's the very definition of lowering your risk of a cardiovascular event. That's exactly what it looks like to lower your risk of a cardiovascular event by having those adaptations take place. So with that in mind, in the next few episodes, we are going to dive deep into quite a, quite a few of the next episodes. We're going to do a deep dive into the language of life inside your body again and health adaptations that happen as a result of picking the right box. And that's why I wanted to do, do today's episode. So stay tuned tomorrow. I'll be sharing with you again <laughs> that famous TV show that was when I was born, the year I was born. And, they, and I, was, I was on television, like when I was seven, eight, nine, I loved it. And at the end of every episode, same bat time, same bat channel. If you've never seen the 1966 Batman TV series, do yourself a favor, jump onto YouTube and type in Batman 1966 and um, put the uh, intro and the end credits. Just that I, the whole show was just part of my childhood um, growing up at the end of the show because they always have a cliffhanger at the end of like every sec, every show. Um, every second show, sorry, and they go, at the end of the, the, the cliffhanger episode, they go, stay tuned, same bat time, same bat channel. And it wasn't a bat channel, but 
It was well done, the whole thing. So that's tomorrow. We're going to start on anti-atherosclerosis with the language of life inside your body and health adaptations. We're going to get into, so we're going to have, there's going to be a lot of episodes about this, but it's going to be worth it. We're going to go into inflammation. We're going to go into blood pressure. We're going to into HDL, LDL. We're going to go into insulin and we're going into adipose. And then, so we've got about five episodes just in that part of the quadrant. Then we've got four in the anti-arrhythmic one. We've got four in the anti-ischemic one. And we've got four in the anti-thrombotic one. That is going to be a real delight to share that stuff with you. Thanks for joining me this episode, everybody. Can't wait to share with you tomorrow. Wherever you're up to today, I hope that you've achieved the correct dose of physical activity to create the health adaptations to drive down your risk. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now.